How we doing traders and welcome back to Stock Market Movers. Excited to get into the show today. We got a lot to talk about. Of course, Chinese stocks are getting wrecked on the fears of ideology driven policies will outweigh the growth outlook. And we'll take a look also at the Eurozone PMI. What happened there? Then, of course, our own PMI. We'll also talk about what's being talked out there and what is happening and who is living paycheck to paycheck. We'll also take a look at Tesla, Bank of America downgrading Meta, uh, a couple of other upgrades. And of course, we'll take a look at Goldman Sachs, four critical sectors in the clean energy market. Excited to get into it. It looks like for some reason, Benzing Alive's going over. So I'm just going to go ahead and get right into the show. I hope that you guys are ready. Today, we do have a great guest on at 145. We'll get into it with Ben Axler, founder and CIO of Spruce Point Capital. Let's get right into the show. You're at Stock Market Movers, and I'm your host, Money Mitts. Let's get right to it. There are three ways to make a living in this business. Be first, be smarter, or cheat. I can't help you cheat, but I can give you the informational edge to help you succeed in the markets. Welcome to Stock Market Movers. All the market moving headlines and expert opinions every day. They say money is the oxygen of capitalism, and I want to breathe more than any man alive. All right, team, I'm going to get this started here. It looks like we're still having Benzinga Live going, so I don't want to get too far into the topics and then leave you guys out feeling like you missed the first topic. But I'll wait until the team gets on over here. Looks like they're working their way on. But uh, we'll talk about China stocks, of course, getting wrecked today. On uh, Of course, uh, it just looks like continued destruction of their own markets. I mean, they don't feel like they're going to, away from this. And it seems like everybody that was calling for emerging markets as being one of the plays you should look for. Well, this is what the concern is out there. It looks like Baba got down there almost to the you know, all-time low. It went really close. It got down towards 58.01, all-time low at 57.20. And we're talking about a period, I mean, you're, you're going back towards 2014 uh, time there for Alibaba and definitely getting wrecked. It wasn't only in these kind of tech stocks, you know, PDD, JD falls under that. You guys can take a look at a lot of different names, right? The Chinese EVs also getting hit hard. NIO down there towards $9.26 when this was a $60 stock back in early 21. Now has just completely come down for about two years down to $9.27. And it was also in some tech names also. I mean, DQ getting hit, semiconductor equipment stock. It just... Anywhere you looked at in these China stocks, they were getting destroyed out there. And you got to be careful with names like this when they're coming for everything. And I think that in the long run, this leaves room to find out what happens with these China stocks over time. Of course, these fears will probably continue as you're seeing, of course, more shutdowns in China. And I just goes to mention right what will happen if there is actually a battle with taiwan and i think that this is another thing that kind of show me that i want to be away from any exposure that china can destroy my portfolio um it just looks like they're destroying their own portfolios so i'll tell you what i don't want my portfolio getting wrecked because china is willing to destroy their economy but it looks like that's what's going on right now. These stocks are getting drilled today. Um, let's take a look there. You could also be watching like C-Web, right? Uh, this is an internet bull kind of outlook. K-Web would be the one that was going up. And you guys can see, oh, K-Web also. K-Web's just a, the one time short. Uh, but it looks like it is nowhere to hide, right? There's nowhere to hide. Huya down there to $1.70. Uh, Vnet. So many names just getting hit hard here. Um, even names that you just wouldn't think of still just getting smacked to the downside. And it looks like there's no stock that isn't going down right now. 
All right, let's keep battling out there. Let's see what is going on. Definitely smash the like. Let's keep going. What's your thoughts on Molin? Well, Molin is definitely also a part of those stocks that are getting big hit. But automotive, let's just be honest, uh, a stock that's down at 50 cents doesn't give me any confidence that they're ever going to at least release vehicles. So in my eyes right now, I would say Molin is a dead story until it comes back. But right now, in my eyes, this is a dead story. All right. I wouldn't touch this at all until it at least starts making some uh, true vehicles because it just doesn't look like it's ever going to. And whenever you see charts that have these huge wicks, those should tell you a signal they should maybe be running the other way. All right. Of course, Chinese stocks definitely causing issues, but it's not only Chinese stocks that are getting hit today. Uh, of course, the Eurozone Flash Composite Purchaser Management Index fell to 47.1 in October, down from 48.1 in September. A reading below 50, of course, means contraction, so showing us that in Europe, things are getting worse, not better. This is where I think that a lot of people are kind of getting lost in the noise that's out in the market today. They're just focusing purely also on what's going on here in the United States, but not realizing how bad things are truly getting in Europe. Of course, uh, the new prime minister in, uh, well, the, the looked at right now at, at the one that's uh, going to win the prime minister in uh, Britain will kind of help but it seems like the financial stability concerns are really, truly showing up. Um, we got a couple of analysts out there uh, trying to put some warnings out. And it just seems to me like this battle now is coming towards will the Fed be kind of pulling back from their aggressive stance in December? Will there be a 75 basis point hike or will they cut down there towards maybe 50 basis points or 25 basis points in December? It looks like there's a 50-50 chance of that happening now in the Fed CME tool, but we need to keep on watch. Uh, today, we have been in a battle. Let's take a look at the overall market. Tried to get back up there to 378. Could not hold up there. We've rejected multiple times in that 378, but... I think overall, for the way that China stocks are getting just destroyed, for us to be into the green today just shows how much people want to play some of these earnings towards the upside. And I feel like in the short term, at least for right now, they're looking at the earnings like they could come in better than expected. The question will be, will that be what we actually see hit the tape when some of these bigger earnings reports come into play? Of course, there's going to be a lot going on this week. There's a lot of earnings calls going on. Some of the biggest reports, we'll talk about that in a little bit coming up. All right. Now, one thing that I did want to talk about is, of course, uh, the consumer, right? Well, the consumer, it has been said, and this was reported by Lending uh, Club Report, uh, a report on the consumer's outlook. As of September, 63% of Americans were living paycheck to paycheck. According to the recent Lending Club report, nearly 64% historic high hit in March. A year ago, the number of adults who felt strained were closer to 57%. So that number is getting pretty high up there of Americans living paycheck to paycheck. And that just goes to show us that it's not even some of the smaller kind of uh, players. This is even some of the bigger ones that making over a hundred thousand, right? Starting to get pressured by inflation, and I'm starting to notice. I mean, the prices continue to go up. When will they truly peak? And is this truly starting to affect the consumer to the point where we're really going to start seeing some delinquency concerns as the Americans living paycheck to paycheck get closer and closer to racking up those credit cards? What will happen in the near future? It's something definitely to keep on watch because, hey, when the consumer gets tight, that's really when we're going to start seeing the demand destruction in these earnings. It seems like it hasn't shown up yet and could be coming. That's why I stated is the worst yet to come. That's what we need to keep on watch. Now let's go towards some headlines today. Of course, Tesla shares we're trading down because of a price cut on some of their vehicles. 
Uh, that was this morning in the pre-market action. It did catch a bounce there towards 207, trying to get back through the opening price of 208.20. Still in the red right now, so we'll see what happens in Tesla overall. But this was about the starting price of the Model 3 being cut and also the Model Y sports utility vehicles being cut. Of course, uh, some investors are trying to state that this is a good news. This shows that the supply chain is not affecting them as much for the cost. But I think also the long run outlook, right? The long outlook of demand in China starting to slow down. Well, continuing to slow down, really. And it just seems to me that if we are having these recession concerns, will uh, Tesla's deliveries be met going into next year? It's going to be tough, especially if China continues on the destruction of their economy. All right. Well, that's definitely something to watch. Another thing to watch on Tesla, of course, will be, do we get the report that Elon Musk sells some more shares to pay for his Twitter purchase. This is something that I will be watching for after the bell today could be the first day that we get that uh, release there. We'll definitely keep watching. Of course, this needs the transaction with Twitter needs to happen before the end of the week. Um, you got the end of the week, 5 p.m. for it to have hit. If not, they're going back into the courts. We'll see what happens. Will Elon have to sell some more Tesla shares? That's what I think could really get it down below this 200 is going to be if Elon sells. We'll find out today. Uh, well, not today. I mean, we'll find out this week, really. Um, it could be all the way until the end of the week until we find that out. All right, let's keep going. We're going to go into the next major headline. We got a lot to talk about. I'm going to try to get through all the headlines and then we'll go into what was hot and what was not. We got a long time till we get to our guest today. We have a great guest, like always. We're going to actually be talking to Ben Axler, founder and CIO of Spruce Point Capital. We'll be talking about some of their recent short reports and some of their home runs, some of the short reports that they've kicked it out the water with in the last year or two. So stick around for that. It's going to be a good conversation. That's coming up at 145. Let's keep going. In the markets, let's go to the next headline, which is going to be a Bank of America downgrading on Meta. Let's go to Meta and take a look how it's trading on the intraday action. You guys can see this was coming down strong, and uh, it did do a little bit of a turnaround. Why did Meta get a little bit of a turnaround? The big thing with Meta was that Snap started ripping up, and it was a lot of these options that were kind of getting pushed up and you saw snap take the rip. Well, meta followed and so did Google on that rip. And so did Pinterest on that rip. And you guys can see these little push up. That was all off of the sympathy move from snap trying to get that push back. I think this was a lot of like kind of shorts covering, um, but we got to just keep watching. Maybe it could have been a situation where someone was trying to lock in some gains there in snap by using some options uh, but it's something to keep in watch. Uh, we'll see what happens with Snap and, of course, Meta. But let's talk about why Bank of America downgraded them. Well, Bank of America is downgrading them based off of the ad revenues that they expect coming down. So in while Q4 and 23 expected have been lowered, we expect the advertiser budget cuts in early 2023 to weigh on the sentiment and drive added uncertainty on the post of the IDFA change and real transmission uh, transitions. Analyst Justin Post from Bank of America stated this. And so downgrading meta downgraded to neutral from a buy. And so they were on a buy and now they're kind of more in a neutral stance. I actually am more in a sell stance, but we'll see what happens here in Meta. Will it be able to hold the bounce there from the Snapchat sympathy? We'll end up seeing what happened there. Look, catching up with the chat. What's going on out there? Born, EG, Hertz, Cream. We got Andy Y in the house. Christian, what's up, guys? It's good to see you guys in the chat. Do me the favor. Hit the thumbs up. Brian Wood, what's the importance of 100 and 30, uh, the 130 press conference. Well, the 130 press conference could bring some some news. I I, I don't I don't know exactly what it's going to bring for us, but it has to do with the Justice Department and it's uh, the Attorney General 
uh, Merck uh, Garland, Senior Justice Department, to hold press conference on significant national security matter. We'll have to wait to see what is released there. That's going to be at 1.30. All right, let's keep going. Melanie, never forgotten. You never forgotten. And of course, we got Jay Rice and Jim Trades in the house. We'll get to it. All right, let's continue going with the other headlines out of the meta downgrade. Let's go to another, let's go to an actual upgrade, a pair of upgrades by JP Morgan. Let's go to Wolf. Wolf is a semiconductor stock that did get a upgrade today, uh, and this was a price raise from 130 to 60. JP Morgan upgrading Wolf speed here to overweight, raising the price target from 130 to 160, and it looked like it got hit here, pulling back fast. I might, I mean, you do see this kind of uh, down gap or this kind of gapped up here. And so you could kind of fill in some of that shadow before you get that push. But it does look like to me like you've been trying to get through that 120. Can't get through it. So if you can see here on the weeklies, you can see how we keep battling once you get above there. If we can get back to 120, I'll be bullish this name. But right now, it looks like it's on a little bit of a pullback. Could get back below the 100s. We'll see what happens there in Wolf. Next upgrade actually went to Avis Budget Group. And this one was an interesting one for me. Avis, of course, car. Um, you guys can take a look at it. And it's coming back. I mean, that it pulled back to that support, holding on right now, and trying to take another leg up. Now, I think this is one that you definitely keep on watch. And if car is going to get that type of lift from an upgrade here from JP Morgan to uh, to overweight and announcing a 231 price target. What will happen to Hertz? Well, there you guys see it. Hertz already getting a little bit of a lift here out the gates. Will this one get a ratings upgrade? Well, I'd keep this one on watch. We'll see what happens on Hertz Global to see if they get a lift after Cars' recent lift. All right, catching up with the chat. What's going on out there? Snap up hopes of the TikTok ban? All right, we'll have to keep watch to see what happens there. Um, looks like, uh, Russian collusion in the midterms. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Uh, we're definitely going to have to keep watching what happens in the midterms and will that actually create a rally or kind of a sell-off is still to be seen. All right, let's get to the next headline. Of course, we just talked about Avis budget with their, uh, JP Morgan upgrade. Now let's talk about an area that I thought was interesting. Goldman Sachs coming in here, um, identifying four critical sectors. And they're identifying four critical sectors in different areas. And of course, we'd like to pay attention to these major reports from Goldman Sachs. Big reason for me is that a lot of investors get these reports, right? We want to make sure that we catch these when they hit. So Goldman Sachs identified four critical sectors. They identified copper or aluminum as one area, power transmission, semiconductors, and cybersecurity. And so it looks like these are interesting area. You got copper and aluminum, power transmission, semiconductors, and cybersecurity. So different areas that we can look for. And they actually gave some stock picks to check out. And so these stock picks are interesting because one thing noted in, in the report was that all had to have cash return on invested capital of more than 5%. And so this is the important part, right? Are they making money on their investments is what they wanted to focus on, on these names. So let's give some of these names so that you guys can catch them. Of course, I'll try to put up the charts as I roll through here. Bank recommendations included in copper and aluminum, major US copper producer Freeport, of course, that's going to be FCX, um, FCX, and you guys can see it. FCX has been getting some lift, and I like the pullback today, actually, because it's nice and muted. Uh, of course, we can look for maybe a pullback of 50% on the recent move, and you guys can watch there. Full pullback is a move towards 3060s, and then coming back through the 32s, it's something to keep on watch. Another uh, producer, they did pull a aluminum uh, producer here, Constellium. I don't know this one, so I just want to make sure I get the ticker for you guys. That's going to be CSTM. 
take a look at this aluminum clay that they're putting out there. Uh, of course, uh, the reason why they're putting these out is they believe these are the greenables. And what do they mean by greenables? They feel that these projects can run way before some of the other projects get their run, of course, from the infrastructure bill and other kind of pushes into uh, next year. And so another one, power transmission. Let's go to some of those. Is it going to be U.S. energy infrastructure company, Sampra Energy? So Sampra Energy is, I've, I always, I had this one, SRE. Yeah, SRE, I, I remember, I've, I've looked at this one a couple of times. And so SRE, Sampra Energy, also getting the call out here. And this is in U.S. energy infrastructure. Another one that was given out there. Um, and definitely keep in a watch the semiconductor stock, of course, none other than AMD advanced micro devices. And so uh, they see semiconductors getting some lift here, of course, AMD. And it looks like TSM, TSM also on this. And so they, they see Taiwan Semi as one of these companies. And they also see ASML as one of these companies that take advantage of this, we'll have to keep watch. They also came with some cyber security stocks. Datadog as one of these to kind of keep watch. And Datadog's been down there towards 81. Is this an opportunity? Could be. It has a monthly support that we are looking at it right around here, around 82. Can it get back through that 100 price point? Or will Datadog come to the next support around 70? Doesn't seem like a bad one to keep on watch. And of course, there's some other ones that you guys can watch. But these are the picks that Goldman Sachs is identifying in four credit, uh, critical sectors to keep on watch. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed me bringing those in, especially as when Goldman Sachs is doing the hard work for us, right? One thing, though, to announce there that I thought was interesting was, of course, that cash return on invested capital of more than 5%. It could be something that you can use to start looking at companies that you feel can turn around once the market does. All right, getting out of the Goldman Sachs outlook there. Let's go ahead. Let's get towards what was hot and what was not. And then we'll take a look at some remaining factors that hit the market today. And of course, we got our uh, interview that's going to be coming up at 145. Excited to get into some Spruce Point talk. We're going to take a look at some short report talk, but stick around. A lot to talk about right here on Benzinga. Let's go towards the next one. Let's get towards what was hot and what was not. Where This is where we take a look at the sectors and industries that were moving and what was in the green and what wasn't. Well, today, communication services are in the green today from the open, about 0.39%. Some of these stocks getting some lift. Of course, T-Mobile was one that I had looked at earlier today. Was a nice little setup. Was setting up for a nice little next push. Talked about this while we were right here, um, looking for the nice little push above, and it held the pullback. T-Mobile getting some lift. Verizon getting some lift also. And AT&T, all stocks that we were looking at today as they were getting some push in communication services. Defensives behind there, of course, when we're having down days, normally we see defensives take lead. Look at the SPY. SPY is still battling there. So it, it's interesting to see the defensives still leading up here. We'll see what happens if the SPY really comes back down and takes out 374. But what is doing well in these defensives? Well, discount stores doing well right now look at these names some of these having a really good day dollar tree not a bad day nice little vwap bounce nice little pattern right here off the vwap good little push up there costco getting some nice push almost back to the 500 we've been looking to see if costco would get back into that 500 looks like we're almost there as costco getting some lift burlington getting a little bit of a push here off the big pullback. This has been one of those that I would expect to see also continued discounts. But one thing to note, though, of course, is Burlington is a discount store. So maybe in the long run, Burlington can turn around here. We're going to have to wait to see some type of earnings. BJ trying to catch the bottom there around 70. It looks like it's acting as good support. So I would be looking for a run back to 75 maybe even getting up to 77 on BJ. 
Of course, Target, also one of these that I'm keeping on watch. It's been sideways for months. Let's see if we get a good report out of Target. All right, let's keep going. Confectioners also on there. Soft drinks are definitely into play. Keep these in watch. After PepsiCo's good earnings, you're starting to see them starting to push. I'd keep on watch Coke, as this will probably try to play a little catch-up with that PepsiCo earnings report, right? We'll see if this can really start moving, getting back towards 58, 60s. We'll see what happens there in Coca-Cola. All right, let's keep going. What was hot and what was not? Next one would be healthcare names. I've been playing some of these. I think I'm still in CVS. Let's just take a look at it. I'll, I'll be able to tell just by the, the chart there. Yeah, it looks like I should still be there. It's really close towards my stop out. We'll see what happens on CVS. Uh, but you got CNC getting some lift today. Humana getting some lift. We'll see if these can continue pushing. ELV was one that was really pushing this morning, then turned around. So keep your eyes on these financial services. We were seeing the big banks have a really good jump. JPM, right? Had a really nice daily chart. Has continued. Nice little pullback here towards the prior resistance, holding that prior resistance. And so I would definitely watch this high around 120.14. And it looks like it's holding as support right now. And you can see here around 120s. And you can see a bottoming 121.33s. If it can hold the run 21s right now, it doesn't look too bad there on JPM. And it's, it's hanging in there sideways. We'll see if it gets a push towards the close. GS, of course, some of the other banks. How are these doing? They're all hanging in there right now. We'll see if they can continue making a run up. All right. Now, what's in the red today? Well, big red is consumer cyclical. A lot of this on what got hit the most, right? Resorts and casinos, of course, anything with some China exposure, taking a big hit to the downside and continuing some downside leak like LVS, Wynn Resorts. These all look like a good, even short for me here. Honestly, if I wasn't trading, I'd be watching Wynn right now. But we'll see what happens with these names. Not telling you guys to take a trade, just saying it. I, I This looks like an interesting setup to me. We'll see what happens. Leisure taking a big hit, of course, big companies on here, China companies getting uh, really beaten down here. And you can see booking down today, uh, Carnival down big, Expedia down big, traveling companies just getting hit, uh, Carnival Cruise down, uh, has down. It just seems to me like a lot of these companies just took a big hit. Even Peloton not even getting a little bit of a bounce there. Uh, specialty retail. Look at these numbers here. Baba down 26.18%. PDD uh, is down 26.21%. Baba's down 15%. These all look like they're trying to continue to the downside. We'll see what happens on these names. They definitely got crushed. All right. Another area that keeps getting hit also is real estate. So just be careful in real estate. Just seems to me like... Almost every day now, we keep seeing these companies keep coming down. And it's it's in all different areas. It's not just in one area that are REITs. I've been seeing lately a lot of these real estate companies come down. We'll see if they keep taking another leg lower. Basic materials turning around right now. Copper, big pullback on copper. Of course, we just talked about that on FCX. Still pulling back there. Gold pulling back. Aluminum, big pullback. Steel with a big pullback. Coal. It just seems to me like some of these are playing a little bit of a pullback. We'll see if they get another run. Of course, these tend to have run when the market's coming down. We'll see what happens with these basic materials. Definitely something to keep on our radar. All right, chat. If you guys know any of these tickers or you guys want to go ahead and call out what you see moving, feel free to throw it up in the chat. All right, let's continue going. We'll take a look at some other areas. Energy finally getting back into the red. It seems like they wanted to hang on. Look at XOM. It's still hanging on. Just seems like it doesn't want to go away right now, these oil names. And that's not too bad, right? It's definitely hanging in there. Oxy looks a little bit weaker than, than the other ones, but we'll keep on watch to see what happens. SLB was getting a nice move up. Of course, SLB is the new name of Slumber, 
Cheeseburger or Slumber J. And I think that a big part of why they changed their name was because we're just talking about it, right? Are they Slumburger? Are they Slumber J? Well, they they rebranded today as SLB with a new identity focused on energy innovation and decarbonization. And Citigroup maintained a buy on Slumber J and raised price target to $60. SLB getting a push. And remember, HAL Halliburton does have earnings later this week. So keep it on your radar. You got to be careful. Don't get caught on that. That's going to be... Of course, that reports, and I just got to be make sure there. Um, I'm pretty sure this re- reports on Wednesday, Wednesday before the open. But just make sure that you guys catch that Halliburton because if it reports bad, of course, it could be down. Looks like Tuesday before the market opens. Just want to make sure. So it's tomorrow. So these could be running right into that report. We'll see what happens. All right, what other is what was hot and what was not? Technology also into the red, but starting to turn around. So we'll see what happens with these names like Apple, Microsoft, Google. They've been battling, trying to get back into the green. Now starting to turn into the red. We'll see what happens there as the SPY rejects the 378 break. All right, getting out of what was hot and what was not. In a few moments, we will be getting into our interview that's coming up at 145. Uh, But of course, we can take a look at some other stocks that are making moves. Let's go towards the SPY and just check out the overall what is into the green and what kind of trends can that be telling us. All right, so let's take a look. One of the stocks into the greens tracked their supply. Of course, they had really decent earnings last week reported and really starting to get a nice little push. We'll see if track their supply can continue pushing towards the upside as it's a specialty retailer now getting the 200 day moving average below it. Now I think you just need to look to see if 200 holds, if 200 holds track the supply looking good. But of course this is not a big driver, right? We'll see what happens there in track their supply. Uh, you also got AZO, AutoZone, making a really nice push. I talked about it when it was on this decline right by this line here. We were looking at this on September 19th as we were pulling back here. And, of course, September 19th was on what day? Well, we were right here. And I was talking about maybe let's take a look here to see if AZO would catch that bounce off that trend line and get right back up there. Well, it looks like it was a great opportunity to get AutoZone. As you had seen, every time it went down there, it caught the bounce. It caught the bounce again near that 200-day moving average, now up there to 2,400 as it's given a nice breakout look here. And it's not only uh, AutoZone. It's O-R-L-Y. Also, O'Reilly's getting some lift. And this just shows me that we're going to continue looking at used cars getting some lift Why? Because uh, the truth is there's going to be a recession and recession brings the worries of the new car purchase. So AZO getting some lift, O'Reilly's continuing to push, and it looks like they still got some legs to this rally. Of course, you got to be looking for some pullbacks now, but we'll wait to see what happens there. All right, catching up with the chat. If you guys have some uh, a ticker that is on your radar, make sure you throw it up. We'll make sure to cover it. All right. Uh, Bug Log says Snap is falling. Did it finally get off of that push? Let's take a look here. Snap is falling. Look at that turnaround there. And with that turnaround, what would I look at? I would look at Meta because Meta is going to drop with it. And so there you guys see it. Hard down action in Meta. Also going to bring in hard action in Google to the downside. Also, I'd be looking for Pinterest to get some hard action to the downside. Leader in the laggard. Um, We'll definitely see what happens there. Uh, Starting to get hit hard. I don't know if this is news related, but that's a hard downturn there in Snap. Um, On the five minute, you're talking about a about 5% move down. And I think this will affect some of the other stocks. And you could see the SPY start heading down. Of course, these bigger names start washing out like Google and Meta. All right, we'll see what else is moving. I don't know, but Friday's pump must have been a hoax after today's yelling speech. Yeah, I mean, Friday's pump, really. Let's get let's get down to it, guys. 
The pump was really started by the Wall Street Journal. And I put it out on a tweet on my Twitter that the Wall Street Journal was creating a little bit of FOMO here. Let's just be honest, a little bit of fear of missing out. And a lot of this was right close to the bell. And right close to the bell is really when you got those emotions that can get, you know, just taken up by a release like this, a rumored release like this. And it doesn't, it's not really factual, right? They didn't say 100% that the Fed was going to slow down in December. They just stated the rumor that's being talked about here. And then we saw the reaction, an overreaction to the upside. It was helped by, of course, uh, Daly, uh, the Fed president. And she said a couple of things, right? That we would review the pace of the hike rates but also stating that they couldn't get it down quick enough, of course, because they need to battle inflation. They couldn't turn too quickly. So in my eyes, has anything truly changed from Friday? Not really. The only thing that I would say is more bullish is the earnings. The earnings themselves seem to be coming in better than expected. And in a week where the Fed is on a quiet week, and I said it, we should celebrate, team. The Fed will not be talking this week. What? That's a surprise, right? And what can happen then, right? Well, we're going to be paying attention to these earnings reports from the big boys. Those can either prop up this rally or knock us through the rally, right? Knock us through the support and we're working our way right back down towards the longer support. Well, keep on watch. We'll see what happens. The biggest day for me is Thursday. Thursday is going to change everything. And until then, I'm going to have to keep watching to see what happens there. All right. Uh, DOJ briefing at 145. Yeah, I, I, I heard it was supposed to be at 130. Did they push it back? I know that I was watching on uh, the Justice Department uh, Twitter, and they were saying 130. So maybe it doesn't start to 145. And what happened to Snap? Let me see if there's anything that I have reporting here. I don't think I have anything reporting. But in my eyes, that uh, kind of popped earlier in the day. And, and full disclosure, I, I don't know 100%. But to me, that pop seemed to be like someone was locking in a longer-term short. And you were getting some push as, of course, the bigger sell was happening. Look at that down action that's now happening in Snap. And remember... I mentioned Meta, right? We were right here. We were only at the 130s. Now we're down towards 128.30. There you guys see it. Two points down there from that release. And of course, when you start seeing one, they start hitting the other, right? And then they start hitting the other. Look at Google. Google wasn't going down as much. Let's start seeing if it starts going down now, right? We'll see if, it, if Google starts getting hit hard. Pinterest is another one that I expect to get hit hard on these. Well, there you guys see it. It's starting to get hit. We saw it around 2150s. It's down to 2127 and probably going to keep getting hit on the downside. All right. Now, there isn't any news. I looked to see if there was specific snap news. I'm not seeing any specific news. But, of course, if you guys see anything, you guys are more than willing to mention it. All right, Bourne, you have a good one. We'll keep battling here. We'll take a look at some other stocks in a few minutes, about four or five minutes. We're going to be getting into our interview today, and we'll take a look at some uh, short reports. You know, one of the things is uh, they're going to be right, and they're going to be wrong sometimes. But we'll ask Ben Axler coming up, founder and CIO of Spruce Point Capital, some updates. And, of course, we'll talk about some of the home runs that they've hit. So stay tuned. Got a lot to talk about. All right, so Pinterest still falling there. Snap also falling. It looks to me like uh, that, that was a bigger, bigger sell there. Um, we'll have to wait and see, really. Meta coming down fast. Will Meta get back into the red? Of course, the opening price here I have at 128.61. We're at 128.80s right now. Let's see if we get back below the opening price on Meta. And of course, Meta, we talked about earlier today, had gotten a downgrade from Bank of America. So let's see if this starts really weighing heavy on meta platforms. And of course, this is coming off of the snap crack. So we'll see what happens on that crack. Will it continue? I'd be looking to see if meta could get back above the 130s. If it can't, it looks like it's on a slow leak down. We'll wait and see. 
All right, catching up with the chat. What's going on out there? Looks like uh, Beach Bum, easy. All right, we'll take a look at what else is moving out in the markets. How are the markets being affected by this? Are we starting to see a little bit of a drag? Uh, a little bit of a bounce there in the SPY, so it's not completely just taking over the market there. And Meta is going to be one that I will watch. Google, of course, another one to watch, right? It's getting a little bit of a bounce here. We'll have to wait and see if this actually hits Google or not. Of course, they're going to be the first big one to be announcing. We'll just keep watching. Uh, there's so much on the earnings calendar, right? We got tonight, Logitech Discover. But tomorrow, Alphabet, Microsoft, Visa, big names after the bell. And definitely going to keep watch to see what happens there. And before the open, you got UPS, uh, UPS you got GM, Coca-Cola, 3M. There's so much going on this week. There's almost too much. Really, the truth is, is that the earnings start taking control of the market. And at least on a week like this, where we have a quiet week from the Fed, it's just going to be earnings, earnings, earnings galore. And if anybody pre-announces, that's what could really shake up this market. We'll see what happens there as they are getting a bounce in some areas and some areas are getting wiped out. Uh, we'll see how those Chinese stocks kind of do here. How they're doing right now, I was keeping a watch on them to see if they were going to take another leg down or were they going to hang in. Looks like they're hanging in right now, but it could take another leg lower and that could drag the markets down too because if you think about it, where did we get this bounce that we bounced up there towards the 378? It's right around the time when Baba started bouncing. So we'll see if these get wiped out again. Will they start dragging us right back down? All right, getting out of the Baba talk, we'll keep watch to see what happens on these stocks. Of course, SPY trying to hang on right now. And I think like I've talked about it, sideways action is good for the bulls and bad for the bears here as we're still kind of building up some consolidation here between the 378 and the 363. Of course, earnings reports could shake us out of this range. We'll have to wait and see this week. All right, getting out of that talk, we're going to go ahead and get right towards our interview, maybe a couple minutes early, but I got a lot to talk about, so let's get right to it. Excited to get into our interview. We've had him on before. We're going to have Ben Axler, founder and CIO of Spruce Point Capital, back on. I want you guys to give him a well welcome and get those thumbs on up. Let's go ahead. Let's get it going here, right here on Stock Market Movers. All right, let's go ahead. Let's bring him on. Welcome back, Ben. How are we doing? Hey, we're doing great. Thanks for having me again. Of course, that's what it's all about. Like we've spoken on, of course, social media. One of the things that we try to do here on Benzinga is always try to show both sides of the coin because we feel that truly that's what the investor is deserves, right? I mean, there's too many times where certain medias have a tendency of focusing on one side of the coin. When really, what we're here to do is prevent, uh, is present information for investing. And I feel like that's what truly you guys do. Yes, it's on the sell side, of course, and you guys look at short reports. But truly, what you're trying to do is bring transparency inside investor space, right? And especially right. retail investors that a lot of times get misled by companies. And I think that that's truly what you're here. Is that what the mission is behind at Spruce Point Capital? That's uh, absolutely right. Look, what makes a market are buyers and sellers. And we believe strongly that only generally one side of the story is being told. And that's the side that the companies want you to hear. And that's the, what they want to sell you on. And that's what the mainstream media you know, wants you to buy into. But we, we definitely believe there's a lack of voices on the sell side and giving alternative views as to what what is actually happening and what you know what might be going behind the scenes at the companies that that you aren't hearing about uh, in the mainstream media. And we're doing that by obviously digging deep into the financials and reading footnotes, looking at the accounting assumptions behind presentation, doing background checks on management, um, talking to people in the industry or former employees, you know, doing all that old fashioned work that is a, a lost art. 
Definitely. And I would say that, you know, one of the things that I hear of negativity towards short reports is that they don't do their due diligence. Now, that's one thing that I could definitely say from going through multiple reports that Spruce Point Capital has put out. There's a lot of due diligence there. Mm -hmm. Um, And you'll see from their expansive uh, reports that they put out, it's not just, you know, a letter out to, you know, investors. No, it's a big presentation. So if you haven't seen some of their reports before, I definitely recommend you guys get over to the website and just work through some of these. And we're going to be talking about some of the home runs that you guys have had in the last year or two. But let's first get into the new update from WD40 that you just recently put out. Yeah. So, you know, that's a, a classic example of a company um, most people know, right? You, you probably have one in your closet, a little blue and blue and yellow can that's a, a lubricant um, that you spray on things when your door is locked or some, you know, latch gets stuck. And, uh, you know, just because you know a company, you're familiar with the brand doesn't mean it's a great investment. And we've done a lot of work on WD-40. We think that they're suffering from some some longer term challenges. Number one is you know, electrification of vehicles and bicycles. Um, you know, new electric uh, motors have fewer moving parts. Um, electric bikes have fewer moving parts. Um, so the the less mechanic mechanics that go into a vice, the less need for lubrication. And so um, that we think is a big long-term trend moving against them, number one. Number two, um, they don't have a proprietary product. So while you think that WD-40 has something special, they really don't they 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 have a formula that that they don't make public but that doesn't mean other companies can't make lubricants and sell it you know at prices um 50 less than wd-40 so if you go into the dollar store you know you'll see the wd-40 but you'll see a house brand which you know functions very similar at, at you know 30 40 less so you know we think they're very challenged um we've criticized the management for not being as transparent about what's going on in their various end markets. Um, uh, both the CFO and CEO have recently, um, quote unquote, retired. Um, we're calling on the new management to kind of reset some aggressive expectations uh, on the revenue side. They chose not to. But but really, where the rubber hits the road is the earnings or the lack of earnings. And you'll see, uh, if you look very carefully for this past year, they have a Two plus billion dollar market cap, and they generated two million dollars of of cash flow, and that just doesn't cover their capital spending. It doesn't cover their dividend, and it doesn't cover their stock buyback. So that means they're this company is going more and more into debt just to take money from creditors and give it to the shareholders, and that to us is a very nonsensical policy. It's not sustainable, and as a result, you know we think the stock has more downside. Um, downwards to, to uh, below $100. We, we find it to be very overvalued at uh, three to four times revenues. Um, a company like this with no moat, um, with limited growth, um, should be trading at two times revenues. And if you believe that multiple, you know, we, uh, we still see another 50 plus points of downside. So let's go to the next up here, MGPI or MG ingre- MGP ingredients. Let's talk about that. It seems like this is a transformation story gone wrong. Tell us about the company and where they're failing to meet some expectations. Yeah, so this is the one we we were on a long time ago. Um, they bought an old liquor dis- uh, uh, distillery in Indiana, and they got you know they got lucky. They bought it distressed uh, in two thousand nine. You know for twenty thirty million dollars and. Uh, look, we had a big whiskey boom and a liquor boom over the past decade, and they benefited from that. Um, but, you know, in all markets where supply and demand are in balance, eventually profits bring supply and demand ba- you know, back in balance. And so that, uh, that those profits from uh, the distillery business have sort of petered out. And, you know, they've always talked about wanting to transform into a branded liquor company. So before they would make the whiskey and then sell it to a marketer. So you go into the store, you see a liquor bottle. Maybe it's like, I don't know, the Bullet brand or Hell's and uh, Hell's Angel or whatever the case. It's not actually that company might not actually be making that liquor. It might be mm-hmm. MGP making the liquor, selling it to the marketer who then puts it in the bottle on the label and sells it to you. Um, and that was a good business for a while, but they've always wanted to get into the branded business and sell their own branded products. And so. Uh, you know, this was their final transformation in, in, Mar- in April of 2021. They 
announced a merger with a company called Luxco that had its own brands, um, some premium brands. And, you know, every time we look at a company doing a, a transaction, we want to see what is management saying they're going to accomplish and then what is actually happening. OK, and so, you know, we now we're now over 18 months, you know, past this merger and we find some troubling things. Number one, the company said the gross margins for the business would expand. Well, actually, they've gone down. Number two, they said that the merger would be immediately cash flow accretive. And in fact, the opposite's happening. The cash flow has gone down and we're finding that the company's making restatements um, to their discussion about cash flow and whether or not Luxco was included when they merged. So, you know, this has us really concerned that if, if, if you can't trust the numbers, like how do you put a value on it? And what we see is that since the merger, the valuation of the company and the stock price have expanded, but yet the company hasn't delivered on what they said they were going to deliver. And now they're making restatements um, to, to cash flow. So we have real problems there. And, you know, we, we, we covered this company a number of years ago. We're a little early, but we got it correctly. Um, the stock went down about 50%. Uh, the former CEO and the CFO left the company. Now they have a new management and we see the same story again. Stock's back at 100. We think it could easily fall, you know, 35%. Yeah, I think this is important. You know, one of the things that I see you guys calling out here is the trend, right? And, and on Spruce Point, arguing that the grand ambitions uh, are starting to fall, right? I mean, one of the things is when these trends seem to change, right? It seems like there's a lot of times these kind of, I would call them the late majority to the trend. And yeah. being part of that late majority ends up failing on you because you have this big outlook that the trend's going to continue going. And that's the actual end of the trend, which just gets you caught in a lot of investments that they probably don't want to be in. Right. Yeah. And just one final point on MGP, and, and this is just a very simple point, but the liquor business is incredibly competitive. You know, when you yeah. walk into the liquor store, you're seeing, you know, end of aisle promotions. You, you know, mm -hmm. companies are fighting for shelf space to get your eyeballs directly at your, you know, your eye level. Um, to succeed in this industry, you really have to spend a lot on marketing and advertising and promotion. Okay. And if you look at the big companies, Constellation Brands, you look at Anheuser-Busch's, you look at um, Brown Foreman, you know, which has a bunch of whiskey brands. These guys are spending anywhere 10 to 17, 18% of revenue, okay, to market their products. And MGP is spending 3% of their revenue. Okay. And so we just don't see how they're going to succeed in the branded liquor space when they're vastly underspending. I mean, they spent about $16 million on advertising and promotion next year. Even if they were to double it, okay, their earnings would vanish. They, they you know, so we don't see how you are going to, they are going to succeed with such a limited spend. It's, it's going to be very hard for them to grow. All right, now let's have some, this is where I think we have a little bit of fun. And let's talk about some of the ones that you guys have hit some home runs with, because I think this is an important thing to look back on, right? And so the first one on my list was one that really caught my attention when they first came out. And it just seemed like everybody was definitely hyped up. And uh, it, a lot of times that's what we're going to see with a lot of these companies that are mentioned for the home runs, a lot of hype behind these companies just didn't find the hype um let's first one up is gonna be oatly group um okay. this was an interesting one this one you guys actually called out around when you when it was around 20 dollars, and now look where it's at we're at 197 there so uh what do you think about the oatly group now well full disclosure we're no longer short it we we covered yeah. it probably a little bit too early but having said that we shorted it at an incredibly attractive prices when it was in the high teens even over $20 a share it was just something that seemed so ridiculous at the time to think that you know an oat milk company could have a 15 billion dollar valuation and losing money i mean again at the end of the day you know as we, as we talked about with liquor being a competitive business Oat milk is a business that has no barriers to entry. I mean, you can make it at home from oats and water, right? You can make your own oat milk. So uh, and anybody can do that, right? So, um, you know, there are certain businesses and industries that are just inherently more susceptible to being good shorts. Food products is one of them because, number one, you know, consumer preferences change. But number two, whenever a new trend happens, all the competitors jump in 
and, you know, generally just shift their production process to meet, you know, the new demand. So we had soy milk, we had almond milk, and then oat milk became popular. And so, you know, anyone who could make almond or almond or soy, you know, quickly converts over to oat milk. And before you know it, you got 10, 20 guys in the oat milk space. And then they're all, again, trying to promote their product to get, you know, shelf space, to get eyeballs. And, you know, um, guys like Oatly are up against big competitors, um, like Chobani. Uh, you guys know that, I mean, they have great yogurt brands and you'd buy a yo pack of yogurt, open it up and they'd be promoting their oat milk. And so, you know, it's a tough industry to succeed. And then Oatly also got caught in the commodity squeeze, um, you know, with oats and rapeseed oils and all other inputs going up and they didn't have the ability to pass on prices that quickly. So the margins got crushed um, and the stock, you know, went down and now it's, you know, probably at a little bit more reasonable level, but I think still there's an open-ended question. Will this company ever make money? Um, there's a possibility they never make money. There's a possibility the stock goes to zero. Uh, but, you know, at this point, the, the risk reward is less favorable uh, when you're shorting something in the high teens is shorting a two dollar sub two dollar stock. Um, anything can sort of happen. And we've seen cases in the food business of irrational buyers. So, you know, who knows, uh, maybe Pepsi and their, uh, you know, Quaker Oats wants to get an oat milk and now they can buy only <laughs> on the cheap. I'm just speculating. But my point is, it's just, you know, it's a little bit less of a favorable risk reward here. Definitely the hype came down. And the next one that I'd give you is uh, Generact. Uh, they recently came out with their guidance cut already getting hit. But I think your guidance was a little bit earlier than uh, their guidance there. Talk about what you're seeing recently in Generact. Yes. I mean, that thesis is playing out. It's a company that we felt um, was very highly promotional. You know, you type in Generac and CNBC or Fox Business News and the CEO is all over the place talking about, you know, potential, uh, uh, you know, climate disasters and grid, you know, uh, you know, grid issues that they're going to solve with new acquisitions. And, you know, their core business is home standby generators. And one of our concerns was that that's a maturing category. And now all of a sudden they pivoted with some acquisitions into the clean energy space. Why? Because, you know, they get a higher multiple for, for entering some faster growth, more ESG friendly areas. And, you know, but you always have to look at like, again, what are the companies saying and what's management doing? We started to see the CEO create a family foundation and start to sell, you know, stock under two stock sale programs. And we started to see some stress in the numbers with payables, you know, growing really fast and working capital starting to get strained. And um, and so we started to caution investors, hey, look, maybe this story is not as rosy as you might, you know, be hearing from the mainstream media and from the CEO. And, you know, sure enough, uh, they ended up uh, getting into a little fracas when one of their distributors, which filed a lawsuit against it, um, which we believed, you know, was going to uh, eliminate potentially $100 million of sales. And, you know, the company just came out last week uh, admitting as such that they were having problems and, and dramatically cut their guidance. And that caused a big revision in the stock price. So, you know, again, it's buyer beware. Make sure you always um, question what management's saying when you see a CEO, you know, out promoting so heavily. Um, you know, look, we think good CEOs should be, you know, you should be uh, uh, working uh, on operations, building the business, spend a small amount of time on marketing, not, you know, all the time on marketing. And so, you know, that really got us interested in jazz for Generac as a short. All right. And I'll go to one more here. I'll bring in Porch because I feel like this was one that a lot of people had a, a big outlook for. I mean, this was supposed to be the everything business model, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, you guys can take a look at it. It seems like it's been... Uh, Parked on the porch, it seems like it, because uh, down now towards a dollar forty porch. Group. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, full disclosure, we're no longer shorted. It's just not an attractive risk reward at the moment. But yeah, you know, that's a great example of. Um, so why did why were we interested in porch? I mean, number one was the CEO. Okay, he had come from a company called Active Networks, which a number of years ago I co-authored a report. Um, pointing out some problems with that business. It was a roll-up business, some aggressive accounting. That stock, um, you know, the management ultimately came, sort of came clean, reset the guidance. Stock went down a lot, was eventually taken private. But, um, you know, the CEO of, of Porch came from Active Network. We saw them doing a lot of acquisitions, which we didn't think meant make sense. It, it was a SPAC, obviously, um, which, you know, we, we were doing a lot more due diligence on lower quality businesses, not making money coming public through SPAC. And, you know, ultimately Porch 
hasn't made money. They've continued to acquire. They still don't have a path to profitability. And in this in, in this business now, in this market environment, you have to have a path to profitability. Otherwise, the market's just not going to buy into the story. So, yeah, that that was a good one, you know, as well. But we, we should save the last for, for, for what we still are short. Um, you should ask me what we're really excited about coming forward. That's exactly what we're going to be getting into. So I wanted to definitely give those outlooks on some older reports. And also first, let me throw in here, I'm going to throw in the link for you guys to check out all the research that Spruce Point Capital points out. And so I definitely want you guys to go ahead and check out. And you guys can see also how they've done in the past. Check out some of these reports, see what they talked about, see how they came into play, what worked, what didn't. I think this is the important part of also learning from this experience. But what's next, Ben? What are you, what are you looking at? So um, if you go to our website, you'll see in July, we put out a report on Skechers. Mm, Raise your hand. The sketch, if you know, the sketch. Raise it's your hand me. if you know the Skechers, the shoe company. Yeah. Well, yeah. most people are familiar with it. And of course, again, getting back to WD-40, you know the brand. You, you, you possibly trust the brand. But but do you know the actual company and do you know the people behind it? And do you know what's going on with the financials? And, you know, we warned about Sketcher. Number one, they have, you know, dual class share structure. And, you know, we believe the governance could be better, you know, giving shareholders more of a, a vote and saying the company, they're being advised by someone uh, with an SEC record um, uh, that had worked at LA Gear, LA Gear being an old shoe company that came under SEC scrutiny a number of years ago. But, um, Look, why are we jazzed? I think there's no there's no question that um, when we put a first our first recommendation back in July, I think the stock was about 38. Um, so the, the trades and the money and stocks down four points. But why we're really jazzed is we you know we're we're, we're playing for the next 20 percent down, the next eight to ten dollars down, and the company's going to report earnings soon. And if you follow the shoe and uh, the shoe industry, you'll see that guys like Nike and Adidas are out there warning very, very carefully about consumer slowdown and about inventory um, not flowing through and about ultimately margin pressure. And, you know, at part of our report, um, Skechers has pretty decent exposure to China. And late last week, Adidas came out and warned about, you know, slowing sales in China. And so that's a big part of the this, this Skechers story is China, um, you know, which we think is going to disappoint. Um, if you look very carefully at Skechers inventory, it's extremely elevated. We noted this in our report um, on the last call. Management said it was repositioning inventory, which to us means inventory is not selling at certain locations. It's being moved around. But, um, yeah, we think the company's stuck with a lot of inventory. Um, we think that the revenue expectations haven't yet come down for next year. Um, so if you look very carefully at the revenue estimates for 2023, uh, the analysts haven't revised them at all. And yet analysts are revising, got, you know, Nike's numbers down and, and Adidas numbers down. And ultimately, look, we think they're stuck with too much inventory. We think the revenue numbers have to come down. And we, we, we note that twice in Skechers' recent past, they've had inventory corrections where when they finally come out and tell investors that there's too much inventory, take markdowns, um, the stocks have gone, the stock has gone down, you know, 15, 20, 25 percent on that news. So um there's a chance it happens this quarter or next quarter they're going to report this week we'll see what they have to say uh, but all the data points in the sneaker industry if you you know if you believe that nike and adidas two global brands are good bellwethers for the sneaker business i'd be very uh cautious on sketchers into earnings here yeah definitely and uh, when we start thinking about it playing also into the china we just seen China stocks getting crushed today. It just goes to show us that the demand in China is definitely not where it needs to be. Well, thank yeah. you, like always, Ben Axler, joining me. We'll definitely have you back on anytime that you want to come on. The floor is yours, my friend. I love it. Thank you very much, Money Mitch. You guys keep up the good mission. I think you're doing the right thing, giving the short sellers a voice. We need more of it. We need more, more players like Benzinga and Money Mitch out there. Always, always here for you, Ben, and have a great one. Spruce Point Capital, I threw up those links. I want you guys to check out the research. And like I said, always do the due diligence yourself. What did they get right? What did they get wrong? And what's to come are great questions to be asking. Have a great one, Ben. Take care. Okay. All right, that's going to do it for us today. I hope you guys had a great show with me today on Stock Market Movers. We're going to keep battling here on Benzinga to try to discover both sides of the coin. 
because that's truly the way that we give you the competitive advantage, not being leaned one way, giving the floor for space like Ben Axler to go ahead and tell you all the updates and anything that's new. We even went into some older reports. The reason I went to some older reports is so that you guys can see some of their success track, right? What have they done in the past? How have those reports gone? Definitely an important thing to keep up on. I'll see you tomorrow right here on Stock Market Movers. Up next, you guys have at the close at 3.30. Don't miss that. That's going to be where I get to cover the overall market action. What happened in the intraday with Joel Alconin on at the close. Of course, I'll see you guys in just about an hour and a half. Hit the like on your way up. Hope you guys enjoyed today's action on Stock Market Movers. Thank you.